Not all of God's servants seek his counsel. There are many believers who live their Christian life in the flesh. They read their Bibles and try to do what it says. They make the wisest decisions they can make. And they try to follow and live in obedience to the, uh, to the scriptures as much as they can. Now, for the most part, the Christian life for these individuals is doing the best you can for God and trying to live in obedience to him. They, they expect a little help from God from time to time, but for the most part, they live their Christian life as if their own strength and wisdom was what it was all about. Generally speaking, they don't expect God to lead them. God is more like an assistant. They take care of matters in their own hands, when, and when they need a little help, they'll call on God. They serve as if they have something to offer God. They minister as if the kingdom depended on human strength and wisdom. These individuals can't seem to understand their need of God's counsel at every step of the way. They've never truly died to their own strength and wisdom. They've never truly come to distrust it. They've never accepted the Lord as a sovereign God and, and all of the circumstances and events that take place as being in his hands. They, they've never truly died to their plans and goals in life. They, they fail to see that God truly does want to lead and direct them each step of the way. And in this session, I want to take a look at King Saul as an example of this kind of person. Now, when we first meet Saul, he's looking for his father's donkeys. These donkeys had strayed from their home, and Saul and his servant were out searching for them. Now, what Saul did not know is that God had a purpose in this incident. Yes, the donkeys had wandered. Yes, that was why Saul and his companion were out searching for them. But God, however, had a very different purpose in mind. When they couldn't find the donkeys, Saul's servants suggested that they talk to a prophet who was in that region. And his servants suggested that they ask this prophet to show them where they should look for these donkeys. Now Saul agreed to this, and together they went searching for that prophet, a prophet by the name of Samuel. Saul had no clue that this was actually what God intended. In his mind, he was searching for his father's donkeys. God, however, was searching for a king. And they couldn't have been farther apart in their objectives that day. And every ounce of Saul's attention was on one thing, and God on something very different. And as Saul and his companions made their way to the prophet Samuel, God speaks to Samuel and told him that Saul, the man looking for his donkeys, would be the next king of Israel. God also told Samuel that the donkeys had already been found. So when Saul arrived, the prophet took a flask of oil and anointed Saul, declaring that he would become king of Israel. Now that anointing took Saul by surprise. 
That was not what he's expecting when he set out in search for his father's donkeys that morning. God, God's ways are different from our ways. Saul was just looking for donkeys, but God was looking for a king. And how many times do we get up in the morning just looking for our donkeys? And the purpose we set out for that day is to find those donkeys. And, and we would count it a successful day if they were back in the stable by the end, of, by nightfall. The question, however, is what does God want from that day? While you may be happy with donkeys, he wants to anoint a king. Now, I've often found myself in a situation like Saul. I've been clueless about what God was doing and his purpose. I've set my eyes on my own agenda for the day and found myself becoming frustrated when I didn't seem to be getting anywhere with it. And all the while, God has something much greater in store for me that day. And sometimes it just doesn't seem to be, I just don't seem to be in tune with it. How could I know that God wanted to anoint me king that day? My mind was just on the donkeys. And the contrast between Saul's purpose and God's purpose is very striking. The reality, however, is that it's not very uncommon. If we're not sensitive to God's leading, we're going to miss it completely. Now, King Saul, although he saw what happened that day in 1 Samuel chapter 9, struggled to trust God's purpose. And he would often spend his day looking for donkeys when God wanted to make him a king. We have an illustration of this in 1 Samuel chapter 13. And here we find the Philistines preparing to do battle with King Saul. And in 1 Samuel 13 and verse 5, we read that the Philistines had amassed 30,000 chariots, 600,000 horsemen, and troops like the sand of the seashore against Israel. And when Saul's army saw the immensity of this force it had to fight that day, his soldiers became very afraid and began to abandon their post. Now it was the custom of the Israelites to offer a sacrifice before the battle and seek the blessing of the Lord on that battle. And that sacrifice, however, could only be done by a priest. And Samuel, who was going to make that sacrifice, was, be, was delayed and delayed in coming. And that delay made matters worse for Saul. Every hour that Samuel delayed meant soldiers abandoning their posts. And Saul felt something needed to be done about it. And so he determined that he would offer the sacrifice himself and not wait for Samuel. He wanted the blessing but he did not want to wait for the counsel of God and God's timing. And in his impatience, he took matters into his own hands. He felt that he needed to take charge of the situation. He believed that if he didn't do so, that, that the, enemy, the army would abandon him and they would fall to the enemy. Everything, according to Saul, depended on him taking decisive and quick action. Saul did not have to wait time to wait 
to, and to obey the counsel of God here. The law required a priest to offer that sacrifice, but Saul couldn't wait for that. And when push came to shove, Saul chose to abandon the counsel of God and take matters into his own hands. He chose human wisdom and logic over the counsel of God. He chose human strength over the purpose of the king of Israel, the true king of Israel, the Lord God. As we come to 1 Samuel chapter 14, we catch a glimpse of another time when King Saul chooses his own wisdom over the counsel of God. Finding themselves in a standstill against the Philistines, Saul's son Jonathan and his armor bearer go up to the Philistine camp without Saul's knowledge, and God used their presence, the presence of Jonathan and his armor bearer, to cause quite a stir among the Philistine camp. Now Saul was in his camp, and he heard the stir and the commotion that was taking place and decided to consult the Lord about this matter and and he needed to find out what to do and what was going on and so at least we give him credit for consulting the Lord or seeking to consult the Lord and in response to Saul's request to hear from the Lord in this matter the priests were brought and stood before the ark of the covenant to seek a word from the Lord and as the priest sought the word from the Lord, the stirring in the Philistine camp became louder. And this only increased Saul's anxiety and impatience as he, as he waited for the counsel of God and the word from, from the Lord. And, and this eventually got to a point where the tension was so great for Saul that he shouted out to the priest, Withdraw your hand! And Saul could no longer wait to hear from the Lord. He needed a response to that noise. He, he couldn't sit around waiting for the priest to hear from God. Something needed to be done, and something needed to be done immediately. Now, as one who suffers from an anxiety disorder, I know something of what Saul was feeling that day. It was as if his heart was going to explode within him if something didn't happen. And who among us has not felt that tension? Situations arise that demand our attention. It just seems that we need to take matters into our own hands and, and do the best we can. The problem is not in our inactivity, but in the fact that, that in a time when we need the Lord more than ever, we don't seem to have time to seek Him, His blessing, and His leading. We just don't seem to have time to trust the Lord. We've got to take care of it in our, on our own. And we don't recognize our need for the Lord. We just take charge. And this was Saul's situation. And so in the time when the, the priests were seeking the counsel of the Lord, as that noise increased, Saul abandons seeking the will of the Lord in this matter, seeking a, uh, to hear from the Lord in this matter and simply takes things on himself. Now Saul struggled to accept the counsel of God, not only due to his impatience, but also because of his human reasoning. 
We have a case in First Samuel 15 where God told Samuel to uh, that that Saul was to attack the Amalekites. And so the word of Samuel to Saul is this, Now go and strike Amalek and devote to destruction all that they have. Do not spare them, but kill both man and woman, child and infant, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. God's counsel was very clear. Strike them and don't spare anything. And so Saul, in obedience to the word of the Lord, goes to battle against Amalek, as God said. But notice, however, the description of what took that play, took place that day in 1 Samuel 15, verse 7 and following. And Saul defeated the Amalekites from Havalah as far as Shur, which is east of Egypt. And he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive and devoted to destruction all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep and of the oxen and of the fatted calves and the lambs and all that was good and would not utterly destroy them. All that was despised and worthless, they devoted to destruction." Now Saul killed the people, but in disobedience to the counsels of God, spared the king, the best sheep, the lambs, the oxen, the fatted calves. And when God sent Samuel to question Saul about this, Saul tells Samuel that he was going to sacrifice these animals to the Lord. And he felt justified in sparing them for a better purpose. He didn't see the reason to destroy such perfectly good animals when they could have been sacrificed to the Lord. And so Saul obeys the counsel when it made sense to him, but did things his own way when they didn't. He, he weighed the counsel of God against his own human reason, and if what God said made sense to his human intellect, he accepted it. When God's way didn't make sense, he chose to follow his own reason. I remember the Lord challenging me at one point in my Christian life with that thought of trusting him more than my own human reason. You know, I was at a place in my life at that point where that seemed to be very radical for me. My reason was God to me. Everything had to make sense, and I had no faith to step out into the unknown. It all had to be very logical and reasoned. Now, God is not calling us to throw away human reason, but we know we have a problem when God's counsel has to be filtered through the finite mind of a sinner to be considered valid and right. God's ways are higher than ours, and we must learn to trust him more than our ways. And we have a real issue within the evangelical community where believers are challenging even the word of God and its moral purposes because it doesn't make sense to their human minds. This was the mindset of Saul when he told Samuel, that he was justified to disregard the counsel of God because he had a better use for the sheep. There's an arrogance in these words that Saul does not seem to understand. It would ultimately 
be that arrogance that would strip him of his throne. And it will be that same arrogance that will diminish the work of the church and tarnish her impact on our society in our day as well. Now, from that point onward, things would change for Saul. And 1 Samuel 16 and verse 14 tells us that the Spirit of God departed from Saul. And we watch Saul being plagued by an evil spirit from that point forward. He threatens to kill David on a variety of occasions. And his jealousy over David was such that he would even kill the priests of God who helped him secure the throne. And so by the time we get to 1 Samuel chapter 28, we read the following words. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him either by dreams or by Urim or by prophets. Then Saul said to the servant, to his servant, seek out for me a woman who is a medium, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servant said to him, behold, there is a medium at Endor. God would no longer speak to Saul. Saul had so long, for so long, rejected the counsel of God that God would no longer give it to him. Saul resorted in the end to consulting mediums and speaking to the dead. This was the end. When Saul refused to listen to the counsel of God, when his impatience drove him to act in his own will and in his own way, when his reason caused him to turn his back on the direct command of God, God no longer offered his counsel to Saul. So what does the life of Saul teach us about seeking the counsel of God. Well, Saul's ministry began with a divine encounter. His was a ministry he would never have chosen for himself. Saul would have been happy simply to find his father's donkeys, but God chose to make him Israel's first king. The problem with Saul's ministry, however, seemed to be in two things. First, he didn't have the patience to wait for God's counsel, but had to take matters into his own hands. And second, when God's counsel didn't seem to make sense to him, he did what he felt was right. And because he didn't have the patience to wait on God, he took matters into his own hands. He sent the priests away without waiting to hear what God had to say. He offered the sacrifice without waiting for the priest. And because God's counsel didn't always make sense to him, he did what he felt made more sense. Didn't seem to make sense for him to kill perfectly good sheep, so he kept them against the wishes of an eternal God. Saul was not a man that God could rely on. He listened when it was convenient. He obeyed only when it made perfect sense. 
Here was a man who was not fully devoted to walking in obedience and according to the counsel of God. In the end, God stopped speaking to him and left him as his own. And God stripped his leadership from him and gave it to a man after his own heart. And even then, Saul spent a good part of his latter years fighting David and seeking to kill him. And even in this matter, demonstrating that he was unwilling to surrender to the Lord's will and purpose for the next leader of his nation. And even in this, he fought God about David replacing his son, Jonathan. The question I ask myself is this, do I have eyes to see what God is doing? Can I understand that while I'm out there looking for my donkeys, that God has another purpose? Do I have eyes to see as God sees? Or am I so focused on my donkeys that I miss the call to be king? Do I have ears to hear what he is saying? Do I have a heart to hear what he is saying to me? Saul didn't seem to be able to see, nor did he was he able to hear because he didn't have time for that. He did what he thought was best, but in doing so, because he did not have the eyes and the ears to see and hear God's purpose, he missed God's great plan and God's great purpose. He was looking for donkeys when God wanted to make him king. And so may God give us the grace to walk in obedience, the eyes to see what he's doing and to walk in it. The ears to hear his voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. To trust him more than our own wisdom and leading and to understand our need to wait for his counsel rather than taking matters into our own hands.